Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. What is up, everybody? My name is Emily Mitchell, and I work here at Christ Church of Orinoco. Hello, Noah. How's it going? I am super excited that we are here together tonight, and I'm super excited to continue our series called Lost and Found. Shout out to that graphic. And we are in a series, um, this lost and found idea comes from the book of Luke, which is a gospel, and a gospel is an account of Jesus' life here on earth. So we are in the gospel of Luke, we are in the 15th chapter, and we are going to stay in that 15th chapter, by golly. So... We are in the third story of a parable. Now, does anybody remember what a parable is? Kenzie. Yeah, say it louder for the people in the back. An earthly story. (laughs) An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So, we are still in this parable tonight. And we are in the third story of it, which is about a son and a father. But, first, I I want to see if you guys can remember... So we talked about a sheep and a shepherd the first night, and we talked about how the sheep was lost and the shepherd found it. So can you guys find for me on this little graphic, where's the sheep? (laughs) I don't know where any of you are pointing, but I'm assuming you got it right. Now, the second week, last week, we talked about a coin, right? A very valuable coin. And this woman was searching for the coin so much. She was looking so much that she turned her whole house upside down to find it because it was super important. Now, who can find a coin behind me? Nice. Good job. Good job. You're great. You're doing great. Now, this week we are talking about a son and a father, like I said earlier. But we are not looking for, like, a son or a father up here. We're actually looking for a pig, which may not make sense now, but can you find the pig? Yep, yep, yep. I'm assuming you're all... Oh, like, yeah, look, you you were all pointing right there. Good job. So, we are talking about a son and a father. And we are going to be in, like I said, Luke 15. So, if you have your Bibles... Open them on up to Luke 15, verse 11. We're going to be starting verse 11, okay? And we're going through 13 verses today. So if you uh, have your Bible, if you have your phone, if you want to follow along on that, it might be helpful. It's also going to be on the screen. So if you want to follow along there, do that. But all three of these stories are telling us one thing. That's why we're spending so much time. If you're sitting there in your seat and you're like, why, are we, why have we talked about the same thing for three weeks You're right, first of all, we have. But second of all, Jesus gave us three stories to tell us one thing. And that is that God celebrates his people when they are found. So, Luke 15, chapter chapter 15, verse 11, it starts like this. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his, his property between them. Okay, Hold on. This is a big deal. So, what the son just asked his father to do was to give him his inheritance. But your inheritance is something that you get when your dad dies. Okay? So, essentially, the son just said to his dad, Hey, you know that thing that you're setting aside for me for like when you're gone? I want it now. Don't wait. Just give it to me now. 
and I'm kind of done with you, so I'm, gonna, I'm just kind of dis- going to disown you, going to pretend like you're already dead, and I'm going to use the money that you've set aside for me for once you're dead. That's where we're at, okay? So it's important. But let's keep reading, because next it says, Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, and he set off for a distant country. So, not only did he just say, Dad, I wish you were dead. Then he said, I wish you were dead, and I'm running away. So, I'm going to take all this money that you've set aside for me, and I'm going to just leave now. Don't bother, like, raising me the rest of the time. Like, I'm good. I've got it. I'm going to take your money, and I'm going to go. So, that's where we're at in this story. Now, I don't know about you guys. Have any of you ever definitely irrationally wanted to run away from your parents at this point in your life? Raise your hand. I think I probably made it to the, to the end of the driveway one time with a suitcase, and I was like, this is right. I'm right. I should leave. And I shouldn't have. But I found some funny letters of kids who were definitely more convinced than I was at the time, and I think we should definitely read them together because they're very funny. So this first one, Mom, I'm going to run away tomorrow at 9.30. Ween, you and Dad are steeping. Be sure to say goodbye forever. (laughs) Emily, P.S. I will be back tonight. (laughs) All right, what's the next one? To mom, I'm going to run away because you're being mean to me. If you want to know where I am, I'm at Filets or the co-op or McDonald's. See you never again in my life. (laughs) Daisy. (laughs) By the time you read this, I might be leaving. If you want to see me again, I will be at the first McDonald's that you see when you go right from our house. I love you. (laughs) Mother and dad, do not call the FBI or police. I will be back on at at Wednesday. The reason why I have done this is because you are mean. (laughs) So, oh, and I'm running away because you wouldn't... Let me have the ball. So, these are kids who definitely had it made up in their mind. They were ready. They were, they were out. They were fed up. So, they were, they were leaving. They were running away because they just couldn't handle it. Now, this is where the son in our story is at. But I would argue that he's a little more serious about leaving than these kids were. Right? He made plans to leave. And Jesus tells us that he takes everything with him. In that part we just read, it says he got all that he had. He got it all together and he was ready to leave. He is not planning to come back for the holidays. Okay, he is done. Next, it says, and there in the far country, in the distant country, he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Get it? Get the pig part yet? He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So, we have this guy. He ran away. He took his inheritance early. He said, see ya, I'm out, I want my money, and I want my own life. And now he's in this position that he did not expect to be in. But I think this is about the time in our story that the son begins to realize his needs. And this is important because 
even though the son was different than the sheep and the coin that we've talked about, right? Because the sheep and the coin didn't necessarily intentionally like leave the herd, you know, or the coin didn't like intentionally fall in the crack. But this son, he intentionally left his father's house. So they're different. But here we see that they're very similar. Because the sheep and the coin were in desperate need of saving. And our, the son in our story is in desperate need of saving. But Jesus says that he knew this. He was aware that he needed saving. And this was his plan. He said when he came to his senses and decided, I will set out and I will go back to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your, one of your hired servants. And this is the turning point in our story tonight. Jesus tells us that the son realized his actions. And, he, and we can imagine, I can imagine that that's the son, when he came to realize his actions, when he came to realize that he did sin against his dad, that was not an easy decision for him to want to go back and say that to his dad, right? Have any of you ever been in that situation where you knew you were in the wrong, but you did not want to talk about it? You did not want to apologize. That's where our son is at. But... We've been talking about this for all three weeks because we've talked about this word repentance, right? And this can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but the word repentance, even though it's scary, it could be embarrassing, and you might feel embarrassed when you talk about repentance, you might feel vulnerable when you talk about repentance, but here's what you need to know about it. You need to know what repentance is not, Repentance is not God's punishment to you. It's a big word, but repentance is actually, it's a change of direction. That's what it means. And it's about turning from your sin, right? Turning from the country of wild living and of squandering what you've been given. It's turning from that and it's walking toward God and it's turning and going a different way. And we see that the son physically repents. He physically gets up. In verse 20, it says this. So he got up and he went to his father. He thought about it. He thought about repenting. He thought about that he needed to apologize. And then he physically got up. And he actually turned geographically, went a different way than the country he was, he was in. He physically did that. So I have two questions for you. Question number one. What do you need to turn from? And question number two, who are you going to turn to? What do you need to turn from and who are you going to turn to? Because when the son turned away from the country of wild living where he had wasted his money and he had lived recklessly, he started doing something else. He didn't just like turn and then stop and stay. He turned and he went somewhere else. He moved further away from those behaviors and those, that life. And the son was prepared. In, his, in, in what he prepared to say to his dad, you could tell he was prepared to be punished. He said, he said make me like one of your hired servants. Put me the lowest on the totem pole. You don't even, I don't, I don't want to be your son again. I just want to be your servant, right? But this is where our story takes another turn because our, the son in our story does not understand repentance. 
In fact, he doesn't really even understand the heart of his own father. Because we can see the, the reaction of the father. The reaction of the father, it says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The father reacted with rejoicing. He didn't act, react with punishment. Finally, the son gets to say, but the son's like, okay, I know you're like happy to see me, cool, hug, but here's the thing, I've been practicing this thing, and father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I know I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, and it's like this father's not even listening to him, because the father doesn't even respond, he actually just moves on, and he starts talking to his servants, and he says, quick, bring the best robe, and put it on him, put a ring on his finger, and sandals on his feet, The father covers the son with his own belongings. The father covers the dirty feet of his son with sandals. He covers the unclean hands of his son with a ring. And he covers the tattered clothes of his son with a robe. He celebrates his son. And let me remind you that this is a parable. So this is an earthly story. This is about... A real life situation, right? Where someone took their inheritance before it was time. But right now, he, Jesus is making a comparison to God, to heaven. He's, this is the heavenly meaning. And he says this about who God is. God the Father, God our Father, has clothed you. He has not given you a physical robe or physical sandals or a physical ring. He's given you a physical person. He has given you Jesus. Galatians 3, 26 through 27 says this. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Now, we're not actually putting Christ on, right? We understand this. But we are talking about a physical death. A physical death that Jesus died for you and for me on the cross, and that physical death covered us. It covered our sins and our repentance. It is when we realize that we need saving. In every story we've told so far, there's a moment in the story where we can recognize the sheep needed saving, the coin needed found, the son needed food. He needed to be a son again. Now, repentance is not our punishment. It is not our punishment. It is our peace. It is what brings us into a relationship, a right relationship with Jesus who has saved us. The father, though, he didn't even just clothe his son. He, he covered his son in what, in what everyone could identify as that father's clothing. And then he said, let's throw a party because my son has been found. He says this, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and he is alive. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And the son who came to a father's house hungry was fed. And the son who came to the father's house, repentant, was forgiven. This table represents the feast that the father had for the son who returned. 
Now, there's not a feast on this table. You can imagine whatever you want. My feast would have Chick-fil-A, and it would be (laughs) overflowing off the edges of this table. But this table represents a feast, a celebration. Jesus has invited you. Jesus has done all of the work that it takes to get you to this table by dying on the cross for our sins. And he doesn't just ask you to know that. All throughout, the, all throughout the Bible, it says these words, taste and see, come and see, come and drink, come and experience. Those words, taste, see, hear, those are experience words. You don't taste something that you haven't actually eaten, right? And so these are, these are words that Jesus is trying to help us understand. No, you don't just have to know that you're saved, you have to experience that you're saved, You have to experience that you are forgiven. Repentance walks you to the table and it says, here, eat. Take this food that has been prepared for you and and realize that it's nothing that you gained on your own, but everything that has been given to you. So, tonight, you might be sitting there and you might be thinking, I'm still in the far off country. I haven't even, I haven't even, like, I don't know if I want to go back yet. I don't feel like I'm ready for that. And that is okay. But I do want you to think right now, tonight, what would it look like for you to say, Father, I have sinned. Because you know The feast that he is preparing for you is best. It is the best. And if you're sitting there and you're thinking, I don't know, like, I feel like I I know that I've sinned, but I'm not really sure what to do now. I would say come and taste. Come and drink. Come and sit at the table and don't just look at the feast. Don't Don't just know that God is good experience the goodness of God, experience the forgiveness of God. And tonight, talk to a leader, talk to someone that you trust that's in this room, talk to your parents about what it looks like to, one, have a posture, have an, have an understanding that it is, it is not what you do that saves you. And actually, all the things that, le- that you have done you have to repent for. And that's not a punishment. It's actually the, the opportunity for you to come sit at a table with Jesus. So you are going to get to watch another video. We've watched one every week about a student in this youth group who has come to sit at the table, who has come to, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Why don't you guys check out Cammie's story?
I only started going to church like every once in a while because my stepdad was like, you should start coming. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't really get along with my mom or my stepdad really too. He was always like, we can go and pray about this and that. And I'm like, eh. like I wasn't about that. Myself a lot. <laughs> like now it's more like everybody. Before I was just like, only care about myself. I was like really selfish. Well, I like first heard about him and like, I mean, we learned about him when we were little, like Christmas stuff. And, like every year we always like went to this place where we walked through like Jesus stuff everywhere. And like we go, we go we've gone almost every year. That's when we started like getting it. And then we started going to church not long after that. At first I was like, I don't really want to go to church. It doesn't seem fun. It seems boring. Once we started going to CCO, we loved it here. Probably sixth grade, like I went to oh, Superstar, I think is what it's called. That's whenever we started getting like into it. Like I was just like, this is actually like fun. And like, he's pretty, he's a pretty cool person. Everyone always says like, whenever you need help, you can just pray. It helps me think like, wow, someone's actually there whenever I think no one's there. And it's like, whoa. because I wanted to be more with God and like give my life to Him and like just get away all my sins and wash them. I used to be really mean and like didn't talk to anyone. Now I'm just like way more open and talk to everybody and always like hey in the halls and like towards my mom I'm way nicer because I used to have a big attitude towards her. Oh, and I live for God, but like what motivates me the most is just like how like people are just like really rude sometimes. It's just like because some people aren't like I used to be mean. It's like I wouldn't want people treating me like that. And like just being nice to people feels better than being mean. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.